Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I think you can also rate if you're listening. Maybe review even on Spotify. Not sure. Um, and if you want to support us in another way, financially, the only other way. But <laughs> <Foot> picks. <laughs> Callback from last week. Yeah. Um, you can uh, support us on Kofi. That's K-O-F-I. And just look up Feminist Without Mystique or FWM podcast. Um, hilariously, this week we are going to vent about the news and then we're going to do some rapid fire back and forth we see you's because we haven't done very many we see you segments in 2023 yet. So this is kind of making up for some lost time and also seeing a bunch of things that we've been seeing, but we just haven't had time to actually cover as a part of the regular podcast. So yeah, it brings me absolutely no pleasure to dive into the news of this week, um, which is particularly bleak, but also so repetitive in that, you know, we're talking about two mass shootings in the Asian American community, primarily in California, in Monterey Bay and Half Moon Bay. Um, In the Half Moon Bay incident, there was um, seven people seven people died um, at the hands of a 66-year-old man. And in uh, Monterey Bay, I'm sorry, Monterey Park, Monterey Park, um, 11 people were killed and nine others were injured. And um, the perpetrator was a 72-year-old man. Um, (sighs) Yeah, not, doesn't, didn't fit like the typical, what we've seen from, these mass shooters, these like young, these young guys, these white dudes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's happening in the world right now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and in terms of gun violence, I think so far this year, yeah, there have been more shootings than days so far this year and more shootings than at this point in any year since at least 2013. Not looking good. And I don't know, like, when does it I don't know I feel like broken records it's like how the onion posts that same thing every time it happens where it's like I mean I forget exactly how it goes so I'm gonna butcher it but you know the one yeah <laughs> I know the old only country yeah only country where this happens you know wonders how this could have happened or something like yeah. it's or like you know yeah it's so I mean we've we've said this so many times over the years and it's I this one is just so it's sad because like you said, it doesn't follow the, you know, usually the shooters are younger men. Um, this, uh, Monterey, uh, or no, I'm sorry. The half moon Bay, uh, massacre seemed to be, uh, CNN was reporting that it, it's an apparent workplace violence case. The suspect had been accused of violence against a coworker in 2013 court records show. In terms of Monterey Park, I mean, I don't know that there's been uh, a lot, a whole lot of details on like what that yeah. was about. Yeah, we knew that he went 
to the those dance halls like he was a regular and he was gonna go to, he was went to another place um and was stopped by the guy who was working there yeah. like fought him off and then the the gunman drove off and killed himself i guess Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That was a. Did you see that um, video, <laughs> the surveillance video? Yeah, of the 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 fighting over the gun. Mm-hmm. What is life? I know. I mean, I don't know. It's so awful, but it gets in my mind too that like because there are these sort of copycat incidents. Like after one happens, it seems like there's mm-hmm. a greater risk for these for others. I was sitting on the bus yesterday and had to just clock that like, I mean, in this instance, it was, it was a white guy who was young and he kind of came on, um, he came on the bus and he had like, he had a bandana around his mouth. It wasn't a mask. So it kind of looked like it just unsettled me immediately. And then he had a fatigue army fatigue backpack. And then there was um, like a, at least one kind of like other, American flag bandana that was wrapped around the fatigue backpack. And then there was some other, a third bandana that looked kind of like a don't tread on me situation. Ooh. And I just was like, and, Oh, and then his, um, he had big earphones on and they had like the punisher on the, each side of the earphone. And that's just a very scary logo to me. <laughs> These are all just very <laughs> scary signals. <laughs> um, You're making some choices, sir. <laughs> And he's, he was sitting in front of me and I'm sh- like, and you know, it's, it's embarrassing in retrospect because of course, like he, I'm sure was just, he was just, he made his own choices of what he's wearing and listen, you know, all this, all that. But I was just feeling like, oh my gosh, I just am super on edge. And like a few sort of visual signals that for some reason are, are making me feel uneasy. Like sometimes on public transit feeling like, okay, I feel like a sitting duck, you know, knowing that like anyone could just have a gun totally unrelated to this poor incident but it just puts me on edge yeah understand like it's not very safe (laughs) (laughs) like it feels scary because it feels like a matter of time at this point before like oh now i'm there and there's like a gun going off you know spooky and like we could we could do things to make it better and we won't because nra it's just so stupid unbelievable i don't know what it's gonna take and what these next years are going to even be politically. And will we make progress? Will we fall further back somehow and just become like, hopefully move forward in a great direction? <laughs> I hope Got, so. But uh, reform. oh my God, I know. I don't know what to say about this aside from just it's a total, it's total tragedy. And then reading about the victims, like the 11 people in the dance hall, most Ooh. of whom were like in their 60s and 70s. That just, I mean, if that doesn't, like, rip your heart out and throw it on the ground, it's just, like, I don't know what to yeah, say. Yeah, it's a really fucked up, sad situation. Well, cool. <laughs> this is going to be, like, starting uh, there and then just kind of pivoting around. Um, we'll just, like, want to jump into the we see you's. I'm excited to see what you have. And if there's overlap, we can just, there like. There will. I feel like there will be a I've couple of overlaps. Like, I think this first one might be an overlap. Does it rhyme with schmishmantis? Oh, like yes. I don't even know which direction you're going to take it. I had a whole thing on a segment of his bullshit. Well, this will be a a back and forth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the <laughs> what I decided to spend some 
what I decided to focus on um, was our friend, Mr. DeSantis, blocking the new advanced placement African-American studies course from being taught in Florida schools. Florida. Mm -hmm. Florida. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, of course, he would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, He is saying it's because of, you know, critical race theory, which is can't have that, you know can't have that in the schools we can't be teaching history mm-hmm. and it's like if it came across his desk and also why is it co- like get out of it like let teachers decide these things not you mm-hmm. um but if there was like an irish american studies class you know he wouldn't be like no we can't have this you know yep um yep. and it's just so on brand for him and disgusting and political and like it really does, I feel like, work to rile up his base. And then it just, like, further perpetuates, like, this mistruth, just this lie about, like, what critical race theory is and what these classes are and what the history of race in America is. And then just, like, keep this lie going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And if everyone just had, like, a little ounce of moral fiber in their being, they could just acknowledge the truth of what history is, how we can work to correct, you know, or, you know, remedy the best we can errors of the past and like actually move forward instead of just like squirreling around, hiding pieces of our history to serve our agenda. Yeah. The world would just be such a better place. if We could just, you know, honor the the truth of the world and move forward hand in hand, but no, got fucking DeSantis willfully ignorant little butthole yeah um that's a perfect uh segue and it's totally at the hands of DeSantis um we can just jump right into book banning which is a big one that I wanted to talk about it's been really bothering me there was new legislation in Florida last year which made it easier and of course DeSantis is a huge supporter of book bans and of censorship all while also sometimes gesturing at free speech only when it's convenient to him and when it's serving the needs of like the most spiteful people in society. But there are, for instance, like 176 books were removed from classrooms in Duval County, Florida. They were, you know, kept under review, but basically there's no indication when they will come back into classrooms. Um, The collection just features uh, characters representing a variety of ethnicities, religious affiliations, and gender identities. And of course, we just know that um, there are lots of reasons, but it's usually something that has to do with race, ethnicity, and uh, sort of gender, anything that challenges gender identity or anything like that. So 176 books in from Duval County, Florida's education board approved training for school librarians to scrutinize materials. Um, just feels like uh, there's a new, uh, so Florida's top education officials have approved a rule to carry out new state law requiring school library employees to complete training sessions as a part of an effort to increase scrutiny of library books and instructional materials. Um, It was uh, approved by Ron DeSantis and the um, Republican-controlled legislature um, and uh, required school boards to adopt procedures that provide for, quote, the regular removal or discontinuance of books based on factors such as alignment to state standards. Um, And it's really controversial and 
it's basically it feels like it's like we're we're sliding back in time and going to a, uh, all these different um kind of buttoned up biased uh bigoted belief systems get to those are the people that are going to get to review books and decide if it's appropriate for children and for library and for public libraries um and i really hate that there's like uh like let's see there's um in part of the training focuses on a par part in part on content that would be considered harmful to minors under a separate state law. For instance, all library books and learning materials must be free of pornography and, appro and appropriate for grade levels and age groups of students to which they're made available. Well, there's, you know, no definition, there's no statutory definition for pornography in um, the Florida statutes. And so we're going to Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition, which is the depiction of erotic behavior as in pictures or writing intended to call, cause sexual excitement. I guess that's like the definition, but there's a lot, it's just leading to the slippery slope of like, okay, if there's like two people kissing or two girls kissing or like someone talking about their feelings as they're going through puberty or like, what about, and I'm just thinking about um, the books that you read when you're in like sixth, fifth and sixth grade where you're getting kind yeah. of introduced to sexuality. Um, you, there's like Julie of the Wolves where she gets sexually assaulted. I forget if it's actually rape, but anyway, there's like a whole lot of sensitive content that you are exposed to mm -hmm. as you develop and as your brain develops and you're supposed to be in a setting where you're learning and mm -hmm. discussing, um, so that's very unsettling. Um, there's a network of conservative groups that are just super on top of book banning. And I'm, I, I specifically talked about, I'm specifically beginning with Florida. There were also other things like um, Florida teachers continue to have to remove books from their classrooms or face felony charges. Um, there was a uh, picture of, librarians in I think it was like Manatee County, Florida, um, where they basically couldn't have a library in their classroom. Oh yeah. Okay. So a photo of a classroom library, Bayshore High School in Manatee County, Florida, after they banned all classroom libraries, Florida can, you know, so I, I there's, that's happening in Florida. Um, if you're interested, there's a, um, a site called book riot and they round up book censorship news weekly. So like I just pulled December, the week of December 23rd, 2022 arbitrarily. Um, Oh, also I'm sorry. I'm all over the place, but like, it's just that there's so much information. This is just scratching the surface. Um, Florida prisons banned, um, and removed, uh, 20,000 books from their prisons, 20,000 from oh their God. prisons. Like that. What? Um, in Arkansas, all of the LGBTQ plus books in the children's section of the Cro um, Crawford County Public Library are being removed because right-wing Christians, Christian nationalists demanded it. Um, there's, a uh, in, um, let's see, uh, there's a bunch of, um, school districts in Texas that are under investigation, um, by the U.S. Department of Education for their removal of LGBTQ books. Um, there's just like, uh, 
in Clark County Public Library in Kentucky, they put, and this is just from that, this is just from like one week in December, um, they put a restriction on genderqueer and to borrow it, students needed parental permission. Um, you know, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me, removed from all middle school libraries in Robertson County, Tennessee. 79 books are under fire in um, Louisiana, in St. Tammany Parish Public Libraries, close to 100 books now being sequestered um, behind the reference desk as they undergo a review for appropriateness. Uh, Tennessee's textbook commission has wide new powers to determine which books students can and can't access in public libraries. Um, and... Anyway, and this is, I'm just like, I am just picking and choosing. There's a whole lot of, um, this is just goes, it goes on and on and on. Um, so, and in a bunch of different states, it's not just Texas, it actually reaches all the way up to Massachusetts. Um, so I, I'm, uh, I'm just like, I'm disgusted by it. I think it's going to have really really negative downstream effects for children if we're being if we're telling them what they can and can't read just based on honestly the basest most bigoted beliefs of the most narrow-minded people in the country depending on what state and county you're in yeah absolutely it's so scary it feels really organized um and like you said it's it's so like important to your formative years to have access to those books and it's such a slippery slope if they're banned in the schools but like a parent lets their kid read one and then that kid talks about it at school, would they get in trouble for, you know, mm-hmm. and then like, how far does it go? And what are these trainings? Like training the librarians about how to look for the inappropriate stuff. Like who is writing this? Who is behind all of this? It's so gross and really harmful and dangerous and apocalyptic and it's in all of those apocalyptic movies, you guys. Books have been banned. Yes. Okay. It's in in all, at least, and not like I'm, I'm not a scholar of fascism, but in all of the readings and when we were when we were in school, like that was a huge. That's a huge part of it. It's like a truth universally acknowledged that a, a step, an important step on the road to fascism is book banning burning Mm -hmm. and censorship and that is what is happening it starts in the it starts in schools it starts in libraries um and it 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 grows from there and you're banning and like sometimes it's uncomfortable on the liberal side too because liberals don't want certain books in libraries and in schools and that's tough like because i i do really feel like ah just as soon as you give anyone the power to like censor a book based on an idea you are giving them like it's a, it's a slippery slope. So I, I, I'm just, I hate this so much. And, um, I think we, I think that parents are way too involved in like the workings of public schools. It sounds Mm -hmm. like it honestly sounds completely atrocious to be a teacher right now, anecdotally from people I know and love who are teachers and like, all over the country, it's sort of like there's this weird ownership that it seems like parents have over what goes on in the classroom when, like, in generations past. I mean, some some oversight is good. You don't want teachers, like, abusing their power. But in the mo- mm-hmm. for the most part, it's just teachers not being able to really teach without having to constantly be checking in with parents about, like, their lesson plans, which I just feel like is um, – 
not letting an like not letting the people the teachers teach and do their jobs and uh yeah. not letting the kids learn yeah that's very extra so yeah censorship and DeSantis. DeSantis is at the forefront of all this. Boo. Everyone's everyone is looking at this sneaky polished man for what to do because he's so he's so smug and unapologetic mm-hmm. and like suave about it. It's just like so gross. You know that nasty. there's those like those gals like frothing over him. Those, Ew, like, that that conservative I ladies. That. I hate that. It's awful. Don't it's my nightmare. That. It's my fucking nightmare. It's <laughs> happening. Ew. <laughs> oh, they think he's such a big boy. Ew, stop. <laughs> Daddy. No. Um, all right. Who's <laughs> next? Uh, Tony. Um, I didn't check how to... With WeSees, I don't always check how to pronounce their names because I think they're rude. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony, Tony Dungy. I think that's how you say it, but I don't know. Dungy, D-U-N-G-Y, Dungy. Dungy, dingy. Yeah, Mr. Poop Poop. Uh, nice. He's a, yeah, thanks. He's an NFL <laughs> analyst on NBC Sports. Um, I guess he's been there for a long time. Um, and he tweeted out, like, repeating that weird, misproven lie that schools are providing litter boxes for students who identify as cats. This, like, Ugh. weird, fucking, bizarre, pervasive thing that people are sharing in an attempt to like equate it to trans kids They're like these Why? cat children are demanding demanding litter boxes um oh, what not a fucking thing it's not a thing it's not a thing and it's like trying to yeah it's trying to equate gender identity with like these mythical cat children um but anyway so tony dungy <laughs> tony poop man has <laughs> has a large following um he reshared that story um and after people came for him for that he apologized and said that he's a christian and he should speak in love um but then when you look back at his old tweets you can find more than a dozen that are critical of either same-sex marriage or homosexuality in general um Mm. so he's just kind of a blatant homophobe just tweeting out false information and it's fine and people see it and think it's true and that it gets perpetuated further than someone else is tweeting about these fucking cat children and it the story never dies it becomes like a shared memory of something real that happened because all these fucking dickheads that don't just like look it up because it supports what they want to be true so they just blindly share it and it's so stupid. <laughs> That's so so dumb. That's so dumb. And 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 destructive, like just harmful. Um That's mm. <sighs> awful. Um one thing that I forgot to bring up at the beginning when we were talking about the violence and the awful mass shootings. This is a we see you, but it's just like could have just been shade um brought up at the beginning, which is so in the wake of these two horrific shootings in the Asian American community, um, the Wall Street Journal published a, an article. It was an op-ed with the title, Are There Too Many Asians? What? Yeah. Yep. The op-ed was by William McGurn and just deserves a huge name and shame. I mean, it, 
The subtitle was, quote, like Marxism itself, population control was imported to China from the West. Now, I didn't read this article. I just saw the screen grab. They changed the headline after there was huge outcry, obviously. But, like, what were you thinking? Yeah, why was that the headline to begin with? Like, someone should have caught that down the pipeline. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yeah, not a good, not a good one. So just as a, so that's like just a little aside over there. Like we kind of like, oh, we see you um, light. Um, Okay. So this other thing that's um, been bothering me is egg prices. I have, I have not bought a, we literally have not bought eggs in over a month. Yeah, we just aren't buying eggs, and I felt like I was like, "Am I on this eggless island alone?" And then the memes started coming out, and like, <laughs> we all have been living this egg light. Well, not all of us. I know some of you bougie people out there with like twenty-four eggs in your fridge, but I mean, I now eggs. have zero eggs in my fridge, or maybe two or zero. Two, but... okay. Let me bow down. I know it's all very impressive. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, but I just, I. Eggs are a huge part of my diet. So, like, yeah. I will forego something else and cough up $10 for eggs because, like, that's – Yeah. I eat a ton of eggs. The Bureau of Labor said that a dozen eggs last year cost an average of four twenty-five compared to $1.78 a year before. And then in some parts of the country, the average cost of a carton of eggs right now is $9.73. I'm looking at a, an article from Vice. Um, their explanations have ranged from like, oh, it's just market forces or like, quote, acts of God, like um, the flu, bird flu outbreak that took out 43 million birds. But Actually, it seems like according to the advocacy group Farm Action, they point out that actually it's definitely not an act of God. The increase in of the price of eggs uh, has just been profiteering, basically unprecedented levels of profiteering, knowing that they could blame the rise on inflation or the bird flu. Um, but there hasn't been a pressure on the market. It's just been like a really insidious action on the part of uh, egg producers. A I guess th- so. And so the price hike of over 138% um, seems to be um, a collusive scheme amongst uh, industry leaders to turn inflationary conditions and avian flu outbreak into an opportunity to extract egregious profits reaching as high as 40%. Um, so there's a whole article kind of detailing how this all makes sense and um, you know, a little more data around it, but uh, it's pretty appalling. And um, I hope that like the regulators can kind of get into this and I want to see some like fines on these on big egg Um, because like Americans need eggs and there isn't an actual shortage. So you're just profiteering and in in this economy, in this environment, like how dare you? Honestly, we see you. <laughs> we see you. We need egg. I am I am glad you brought that up. My our lives have been yes turned upside down. Ten dollars a fucking carton of eggs. I it's insane. Yes, that's a hit to the budget. When it used to be two dollars. Oh my goodness! And they used to be like two dollars, and then four dollars, and now here we are. And the thing that I can't believe that they're just, well, I guess I believe it, but that they're just being little profit 
hungry buttholes. Because they put those pictures of the happy little chickens on the carton, and they're like... Because I used to pay the extra dollar for yeah. the like cage-free happy yeah. chickens, you know? And the fact that those people would be so deceitful. What else are you lying about? <laughs> right. Are those chickens really right. happy? I don't know. But it's fucked up. I can't believe it's just... I, re- I assumed... I assumed it was just because of of issues, no. but no, they're just being, I know, well, I know. Shame. <sighs> okay, this. Oh, George Santos. Oh, we should talk about George. <laughs> we should. I, we should. <laughs> the lies this man has told. Um. I was vaguely following this and the more I read about it, the more I was like, who are you? (laughs) So these pictures come up, George Santos, who is a Republican. um, It comes out that he used to be a drag queen and there were photos of it. Um, And initially he was denying it, even though it was like, look at the pictures. Mm -hmm. And even dentists were like chiming in, like his eleventh incisor or whatever. Oh my know. god! <laughs> no way. The odds, you know. Um, oh same guy. So eventually, he has to admit it because it's just like everyone in the room is looking at you, and like we know you gotta. It's time, you know. Uh-huh. And then all this other shit starts coming out. Um, like he lied about where he went to school. He lied about being a volleyball star. Mm-hmm. Um, he he lied saying his mom died in nine eleven. He lied saying his grandparents fled the Holocaust. Um, and then he was like, "Well, I said I was Jewish." Mm-hmm. What? Um, he lied about working at Goldman Sachs. Um, and lied about other places he worked he was charged with fraud by brazilian prosecutors um he there's some allegations he stole some scarves um and he made up this well he allegedly made up the story about being mugged and having his like shoes stolen from him um and that he was getting death threats and needed like a private security detail it's just like the the amount of like it's just who who are you and like what you were elected i suppose what what interests are you serving like what an enigma of a of a man to me like what a sneaky little sleazy guy yeah he is he's i mean he has so many lies so many lies i mean i guess it's really frustrating that we weren't able to like catch him before the election and i know that the new york times has had to do some soul searching about that and you know it also points to their not just not being robust um local media to be able to do it there were Mm -hmm. a couple of places that had caught on to a couple of things but it's just like I mean no one did basic research what about his opponent no opposition research did everyone just totally fall on their faces so uh it's just so disappointing that we're now stuck with this like absolute liar like (laughs) I mean come on 
Yeah. Absurd. Absurd human being. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Um, Mike Pence. Uh, classified documents were found at his home uh, in Indiana. <laughs> uh, oh my God. This story is fatiguing. And really, I'm only bringing this up because it's one part of the whole, right? So like Trump has mishandled classified documents and that's mm-hmm. ongoing. Uh, now Pence has uh, a mishandled classified documents. That will be ongoing. Biden continues to have mishandled documents. That's ongoing. Um, and Comey has also mishandled classified documents and um, used his personal email uh, for work, the exact thing for which they he personally crucified Hillary Clinton and caused her to lose the election in part. Um, and I just wanted to call this out. This is a huge, basically more of a we see you to the whole fucking system. And I just like my my rage will never end, but the vindication of Hillary is ongoing as we just see that basically everyone has mishandled classified documents and used their personal emails. And like what she did was so minor. It was a nothing burger compared to honestly, Trump and Biden. It seems like they both have just, what were you guys doing? Bringing boxes of stuff into your garages. And I mean, Trump, like just literally at Mar-a-Lago, I mean, I am so not interested at this point in the details or the why of all of these men and their foibles. All I know is that Hillary Clinton withstood the most rigorous, um, disproportionate scrutiny over the course of her career, and then certainly around the emails, um, and really came out honestly smelling like a rose. Like nothing really came out there was nothing scandalous or even really that embarrassing except for some of her to some of her advisors they were kind of embarrassed but like she personally didn't have anything that embarrassing so this is just a reminder that like Hillary was screwed and uh, come here for the hot hot takes of uh, (laughs) a hot takes of the guess god it was six years ago seven years ago I can't it was lifetimes ago anyway we see it all that all that well it's so the absurdity of all of these bumbling old men with these classified files it's like an episode of veep it really Mm -hmm. is just the the fucking absurdity when contrasted with hillary and how all that went down yeah let's see next up the funeral director um who was selling instead of cremating the bodies of the people who had died and whose loved ones are paying for their bodies to be cremated, these people would sell the remains of the deceased and would deliver fake um, cremation remains to their loved ones. They would also like sell bodies and body parts that tested positive for infectious diseases, even though they would certify that they were disease-free. So just, like, lying to everyone um, and doing a really, really, really terrible thing. Yeah. Um, So this was at the Montrose Funeral Home um, in Colorado, and it sounds like the funeral um, homeowner is the mother of the other person involved so it's like oh. a mother daughter daughter duo doing this that's depressing as hell yeah i don't know why but that makes it like extra 
bad and it's like a family family affair. business <laughs> yeah so just lying to people about their dead loved ones and then like selling their remains and then and giving them fake cremation ashes that's just well, I mean. yeah so fucked up on so many levels and in so many ways and then yeah giving like diseased body parts to who <laughs> saying that there's no disease oh my god yeah that's horrifying so, yeah that was a that was a weird one from a few weeks ago um just the depths of human greed and mm. the places it can take you i guess yeah wow that's really awful um okay so the next one is this we see you to uh so i don't know if you've heard i actually i did post on instagram about it yesterday because i'm so just like i'm wrapping my brain around it so it's like a we see you but maybe it'll be a bigger topic in a future episode so there's an fbi official who was just arrested for money laundering violating russian sanction russia sanctions and taking money from a former foreign agent and this fbi agent his name is charles mcgonagall and he allegedly took two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in cash from a foreign agent while still working for the fbi he was also in charge of the FBI investigation into whether or not there was Russian meddling and, you know, and Russian uh, specifically like improper activities uh, when between Trump and Russia, like, and they closed that investigation like a week before the 2016 election. Um, Someone clarified it on Twitter saying, just to be clear, when the New York Times reported that the FBI saw, quote, no link between Trump and Russia a week before the 2016 election, the FBI agent who was arrested, just arrested over the ties to Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska was heading up the investigation. Just an absolute scandal. Um, So that's uh, uh, Kaven Shroff on Twitter. Um, But... Yeah, I just I'm wrapping my head around it. Michael Beschloss, um, who's a historian um, and PBS contributor, also has a good thread on it. Um, just talking about all these different cases that the FBI, this FBI agent Charles McGonagall was assigned to um, and uh, all of the different ways in which um there was potential meddling by Charles McGonagall. Um, he was in charge of the uh, division for the New York field office. And on October 4th, 2016, it was like Charles McGonagall named special agent in charge of counterintelligence division for New York. FBI director James Comey named Charles McGonagall. You know, it, it, um, it just, it all smells very fishy. Um, and I just wonder how much, uh, like how how impactful i mean i think we just don't even know how impactful this guy's uh ha- what he had his hands in in terms of fbi seeking seeing no clear links to russia um and uh i want to know what was going on in in the days before the 2016 election as michael beschloss asks um and i want to hear from james comey too like i want all these men to have mm-hmm. to answer for their fishy shitty sketchy behavior and honestly everyone owes uh hillary clinton um 
an apology and a uh, what are those treats with the flower edible and an edible arrangement? <laughs> you know, all of you need to be sending her edible arrangements. You fucking assholes. <laughs> Sorry, you're not president because I was busy getting money from Russia and I was busy busy being an idiot. And you know, I just I was busy being a hypocrite. She's like, I get it. You all are the worst anyway. Yeah, and this is like it just it keeps we keep ending up with these fucking incompetent douchebags. Yeah. I mean, how much more are we going to learn about what was going on around 2016 that's going to make me just like scream with rage? Anyway, that's a I'm sure you. there's more. I'm, I'm sure. sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's more coming on that. Um Okay, so this this guy Larry Ray um, who was convicted of sex trafficking and racketeering stemming from um, really, I mean, there's no non-evil way, I guess, to do it, but like really evilly like torturing young women at Sarah Lawrence College. And like he would have these like quote unquote therapy sessions um with his daughter's like roommates and dorm mates um, saying he would get, was going to help them with some of their psychological issues. He's like college girls. And he moved several of them into an apartment on the Upper East Side. And he basically forced them into um, prostitution and, you know, sexual abuse and, things like that for years and years and years. And it all started with his daughter's um, college roommate. And it's, Mm -hmm. he just sounds like the most like sadistic fucked up person to like foster this relationship, like textbook grooming. And then force these women into that. Yikes. So just, yeah, boys will be boys, right? (laughs) Oh my God. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's really awful. Um, okay, this one I just realized that my one of my favorite the links that I was working off of, of course, Bloomberg has like told me I can't <laughs> I can't read any more of their articles for free. How rude! rude. Um, but really, I can just make this into a broader Peter Thiel. We see you. Um, Peter Thiel is one of these people that I really I, I I hate him a whole lot. I think he's just as bad, if not worse, than Elon Musk. Um, he is another conservative tech billionaire venture capital bullshit and, um, founder of co-founder of PayPal. And, um, he's also one of the largest individual donors in us politics and he's super conservative. Um, he just a taste of some of the shitty things he said, referred to Greta Thunberg as part of the quote, autistic children's brigade. Um, he was a huge donor for the Trump campaign and also instrumental in a bunch of other Republicans at being elected. He did work with Elon Musk at PayPal. Um, he didn't, he's denied that his donations to, uh, that his donations to conservatives harm democracy and said that quote, inequality is not the issue. Instead, it's innovation stagnation. Um, and he said that we should actually fear the quote, antichrist and one world government. Cool. Mm. Sounds very normal and balanced. Um, he had this like website or I guess it was sort of like a YouTube thing called rumble. Um, and it was supposed to be more of a free speech site for 
um, you know, just like vicious, vitriol-filled sad boys, um, like Andrew Tate, who he paid to be on this site, Rumble. Um, So he was actually seeking out content like Andrew Tate to um, for his free speech-a-thon of a website. Um, And so the article that I was going to point to was um, was about Peter Thiel and his relationship with Andrew Tate and Rumble. But I'm kind of just uh, turning this into really like how I think that Peter Thiel is one of the worst people, worst for democracy. Um, He's hostile uh, to uh, newspapers and media outlets. He famously destroyed Gawker Media by um, which I, I find like the most unforgivable thing personally um, because he uh, secretly waged a war where he was backing Hulk Hogan's lawsuit against Gawker. Um, And uh, yes, Gawker did some shady shit. They published uh, basically a video of um, (laughs) it was like, Hulk Hogan like having sex with his wife but it wasn't that part it was like the end and it was he had and Hulk Hogan had filmed it it's like what are you doing you're filming it yourself anyway it was a whole thing between Hulk Hogan and his wife and Bubba the love sponge like another person who just like shouldn't have to be like like, you talk about this but unfortunately I do because it led to the end of Gawker um because he bankrolled a like he put hundreds of millions of dollars into t- tanking them. He basically bankrupted them with this lawsuit and then uh because they were charged in Florida, Florida wasn't like as uh friendly to to the to the free speech that actually conservatives mm-hmm. really care about in the first amendment and free free press. Um but I'm not defending Gawker's like exactly what they did but like they I am defending their right to exist and a lot of the good investigative work they did and uh I don't think that one rich person with a grudge um should be able to take down um a media empire just because they have a lot of money and um the will (laughs) the will and the money that's just like really dangerous um Peter Thiel was upset because he felt that they outed him um because he's gay and again if they did do that, they shouldn't have done that. But also, um, if he's a public figure who is uh, privately gay but publicly advocating for policies that are going to hurt lots of people, there's an argument to be made that that's of public interest. Um, if you're a billionaire who is like has your hands in a lot of different political, you know, a lot of different political machinations, um, you know, I'm certainly. I'm certainly listening to the argument that is like you, because you have so much money and you're pushing for all these things and you're actually, you know, harming a whole uh, community of people that of which you are one of them. Like maybe that's, that is in the public interest. Um, You're a public figure. It's public interest. Um, I'm saying it and I'm not even sure, like, I'm not sure a hundred percent what I believe there, but I do think that like, it kind of comes down to you you with all that money absolutely don't have the right to uh, squash a media outlet. Like, and I just don't think that that's the way that democracy, democracy should work. That just that the person with the most money can squeeze the life out of everyone else by um, funding lawsuits and not even having to declare themselves on the lawsuit. Like that was Peter Thiel. He 
no one knew like people did not know how Hulk Hogan like had all this money for this lawsuit. It was just like, but Peter Thiel was bankrolling it. Um, anyway, um, that's, uh, let me see if there's anything else on Peter Thiel that I want to say right now. He's a very, I, I just find him a very dangerous, odious person. Um, and he said a lot of other, uh, other stuff that's pretty gross. Um, but yeah, I just find him to be, awful and um i don't really know why people think he's like in any way better than elon musk you know or like i just like no fuck him and if you're gonna talk about him like i'm gonna have things to say so we see you to peter go off sister (laughs) 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 yes um it's i miss gawker too that was really fucked up i forgot about bubba the love sponge somehow Baba the Love Sponge. God, yeah. that was, how frustrating. <laughs> also, they were gone right before. Their last post was like August of 2016. Like, we needed them. We needed them. And I really, like, it's just one of those things where, I mean, my fingers were typing. I would do Gawker before any other thing that I checked in the mm-hmm. morning. And, um, yeah, I, they're just, I, I mean, I, I miss them and I knew how to take what they were reporting sometimes with a grain of salt or, you know, you don't have to agree with everything they post. We don't, mm-hmm. as with all other news outlets, you know, like, why are there too many Asians op-ed? Um, maybe you should be sued for saying that, you fucking idiots with your poor judgment there. Anyway, how is that? Whatever. Anyway, I'm done. But yeah, we see you, Peter Teal. Back to you. <laughs> Peter, we see you, Peter. Um <laughs> Chris Harrison, he was the host of the Bachelor franchise for like 20 something years. And then some of you all may recall when he either chose to step down or was asked to step down um, (laughs) after he was talking about one of the contestants. So it came out that she rachel had posed in these like antebellum or went to like an antebellum um plantation party oh my god like theme party oh is that still happening ah, it was like it had been it was from college it was like a few years earlier but it wasn't like but it wasn't in the hundreds of years (laughs) (laughs) so you know she apologized and all that jazz um and Chris Harrison was like defending her to Rachel Lindsay and Rachel Lindsay was the first black bachelorette and he's like defending this like antebellum party and talking about how like woke police have gone too far and da, da, da. anyway so sometime after that he either chooses to step down or he's asked to step down and all the Karens of the world come for Rachel Lindsay um and they blame her for him being gone because she's, you know, PC woke culture. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Chris Harrison has a podcast come out and he basically like doubles down on, he said he said he could have said it better, but he stands by what he said, you know, defending the, having gone to the antebellum plantation party. Mm. Um, And then with that podcast, a whole, another like avalanche of hatred toward Rachel Lindsay. She gets all these like death threats and things um, and like very racist messages because people, 
blame her for Chris Harrison's exit, but in reality, Chris Harrison couldn't keep up. Mm. And now Chrissy H is out there on the podcast scene talking shit and uh, not here for it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A, little, a little Bachelor Nation uh, drama. Yes. Yes. Well, of course. That's got to have that sprinkled in. It seems like there's always someone making poor choices over in that <laughs> franchise. <laughs> there's always at least one. <laughs> um. Okay, so thanks. Um, you might remember thanks uh, as ugh, the like m- miracle underwear <laughs> that would help, um, you know, women with their periods. There were underwear where you like didn't have to wear a pad or a tampon, and like, yay! Um, so anyway, there was a huge lawsuit um, in which thanks admitted to wrongdoing. Um, they had to settle a case uh, where, through independent te- independent testing, it was found that there were toxic chemicals in the underwear, which can cause cancer and disease and decreased fertility. Um, yuck! So yeah, they pay. They're paying up to five million to settle this class action, um, and this is they. The Thinks underwear includes those harmful forever chemicals that you were t- we were talking about. I forget at what point, but yeah. Um, it's, uh, pretty upsetting, um, and frustrating. I mean, I bought some of these and I bought some for friends and for my sister. Like, I thought this was like the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, it's just really disappointing. And it feels also these were expensive. These were expensive pairs of underwear. Um, and it's a little bit frustrating, um, to I guess just you know all the different ways in which I guess if it seems too good to be true especially if it's if it's period underwear or some of these types of things you really it it actually might be there might be some sort of harmful um chemical and women like god damn it like I guess we just have to be so 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 careful um so yeah bummer Yeah, it is a bummer. Like when something like that comes to the market, you assume um, that they've, you know, there aren't those harmful forever chemicals like right up in your junk. Yeah. I mean, there's already like so many things associated with like, I mean, there aren't so many things, but there's a few things with tampons that are spooky. And I mean, I think we all got scared when we started using them when we were younger with the toxic shock syndrome. And, you know, you don't want to be accidentally putting two up there like, or, you know, <laughs> there's just stuff that happens. And um, also they're expensive. So if there was a nice alternative that was just underwear that absorbed, you know, the buckets of blood gushing out (laughs) I would be listening I'm I'm into it so that's disappointing but I know that for a while things had been under fire for this so it basically was just circling back to see oh yeah indeed they did have those forever chemicals and the toxicity and I hope no one was actually permanently harmed by wearing these fucking underwear yeah no I almost bought them I I meant to um (laughs) And now I'm like, what products do I trust? Because I really trusted them. Yeah. <sighs> how, how dare they? Um, the only really other one I have um, is really a more of a larger t- 
topic, but there was more um, police brutality that ended in the death of an unarmed black man um, in Memphis. So they haven't released the video, but it sounds um, they're already fired. So, oh, okay. Well, then that must be real bad <laughs> for yeah. them to have acted that quickly. Yeah. So it sounds like um, they basically just beat this person so badly. Um, so, yeah, just that continues to happen. Just like you know, we're talking about mass shootings and gun violence in this epidemic um it's been going on and on and on and on and on and Mm -hmm. these heartbreaking things happen and we ask when will it stop and then they keep happening and it's like well when the people in power um are continuing to play by the same rules and do the same things we're gonna have Mm -hmm. the same results um but this police brutality is another example of one of those things where you know since the invention of camera phones we have eyewitness accounts um and devastating images and still yeah that's so awful i know we'll probably have to circle back because i feel like there have been a couple of other things that i've noticed that um have been uh just police police violence police brutality um and uh i don't know i my my heart has just been like uh, so sad it's so it's so i don't know certain topics recently of just what's gonna change when is it gonna change it feels like we're just roaring going way back you know um and so anyway uh but I'm glad you brought that up. One that I had that um, I kind of want to be a longer issue too is um, there was a big long article about how most abortion bans include exceptions, but in practice, few are granted. Um, so it's just kind of a part of the New York Times. They have a special on tracking the abortion bans and uh, questions that are answered and a changing abortion landscape. So this is kind of in their umbrella of coverage in the post-rural world that we find ourselves. But basically it just goes through a whole bunch of women who have uh, a case that would qualify under an exception in these states and that they weren't granted them because uh, physicians either weren't operating in good faith or they were worried that the lot that they would get sued. So it's like this um, practical anecdotal um, just chilling effect that's been happening in all of these states where um, the restrictions have been super tight. Um, There's a bunch of maps that are reminding people like which states have exceptions for rape or incest, which states do not have exceptions. The map of the states without exceptions is pretty big It's, you know, from Ohio, Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Missouri, you know, Ohio, North Carolina, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, Louisiana. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot of states. Um, And, uh, you know, only like five or six states with exceptions for rape or incest. Um, Then there are maps uh, which have abortion bans with the exception for fatal birth defects and then without exception for fatal birth defects spoiler alert it's a it's the same map as above that i just read like a huge amount of states do not have exceptions for fatal birth defects um 
big amount of states don't have exceptions for patients with severe health risks. Um, so uh, then there's abortion bans without explicit exceptions for protecting the patient's life. Um, that is a handful of states. Um, like you really, really don't want to be pregnant in Idaho, North Dakota, or Tennessee is kind of what I'm seeing because just what a dire place. Um, so yeah. And then these, if you're pregnant and you need something in these states and you, you're someone who there's no exceptions or there are, and they're not being honored, you're going to have to try to find uh, a clinic somewhere else. Like we've talked about. So again, we're kind of coming right back to the, um, discussion we've already had, but, um, just wanted to shine a light on, um, kind of the ongoing reporting about, um, the abortion bans, uh, which include exceptions, but yet few are granted, uh, and kind of along those lines too, just in case people are wondering, the anti-choice, uh, folks are really out and about trying to see what they can do to prevent women from having abortions and prevent women from getting access to the healthcare they need. Um, most recently, um, Re representative Jim Banks, a Republican, um, is caught voicing his support for efforts to prevent women from leaving Indiana to access reproductive care. Um, actually, he's not caught. He's saying it on a show, the Pat Miller show. So he's saying it on air. Never mind. It's not even a hot mic. Um, so, uh, the Pat Miller says, if a young lady can hop into a car in Fort Wayne and cross into Illinois to an abortion clinic, the fight is far from over. And Banks says, exactly right. So, yeah, young I'm all for young ladies hopping in cars to do whatever the fuck they want, especially if it's access health care. And um, just reminding people that, you know, every inch of, like, your rights and need to be protected. And uh, it's so frustrating to me. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right. Shall we dive into the good things? Yeah. I have, I have one about a raccoon. Yay. Tell us the raccoon one. Um, a little raccoon got their little butt hairs frozen and stuck to some train tracks. And so the little raccoon was, like, stuck to the train tracks. Aww. But a train worker, a railroad worker was able to rescue the raccoon, poured some warm water on his butt um, to break him free, and they were able to do it. So, um, yeah, thank you to Neil Mullis for saving this cute little, there's a picture of the cute little raccoon, and you know. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, it's nice to help out the furry, the furry friends. That's sweet. And yeah, my my we see or my we see you. My good thing was just that um, everything everywhere all at once. The movie was uh, nominated for eleven Academy Awards, um, which is great, including Best Picture, Best Director, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, and two, actually two supporting actresses. It was a really great movie, and this is just this is a great cast. So it's just nice to see everyone getting the accolades uh, that they just they really deserve. I'm, I, I feel like in a different year, this is a movie that might not have gotten a single nomination, and that would have been really, really, really frustrating. So it's just nice to feel like is this progress? Is this a... <laughs> so? I'll celebrate the win. Yay, progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us. Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast.